Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Welcome to a flaming Let's Drone Out. You're joined this week by our Lord and Master, Frank. Evening. Hello. Jack's uh, lovely other half, Tony. Bonjour. <laughs> and uh, You're the right, hairy... Oh, saucy. And the hairy chap himself, Jack. Hello. And myself, Stephen, your favourite Dr. Robotnet lookalike. Uh well, good evening, gents. How's everyone doing? Still not enjoying the rain? <laughs> yeah. I was just saying to Frank before we started that you kind of, it's gotten to the point where it's warm enough to go outside and go, oh, I'm in the great outdoors, and then realise that one is slowly sinking into the firmament. Yeah. It doesn't make for great <laughs> weather for flying. <laughs> My parents said it's the wettest year uh, in 200 and something years or something ridiculous. Already? Oh, my God. It is soggy. It hasn't well, been. Well, it's February, sorry, should I say? It nah. hasn't been torrential in the southeast. I gather other parts of the country have really suffered, but it has been steady to the point where everything is saturated and you walk mm. on the ground and it oozes out water like a sponge. <laughs> yeah. Because you need almost like snowshoes or like uh, diving flippers to like walk around on the mud and not sink in. So unpleasant. Yeah, and not not the sort of thing you want to. Well, you could fly, but landing and crashing would be tricky. <laughs> I tried flying last weekend uh, in the rain, and oh yeah, it, yeah, uh, just because I was that desperate. Uh, I mean, For a minute, I was... thought you were going to give us a tale of hope and how you waterproofed <laughs> something, and it all worked out perfectly. I mean, it landed roughly where I intended it to land. Uh, just maybe a bit sooner than I expected. That's all. Ah, ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was on like uh, my some of my fixed wing line of sight stuff because everywhere that I fly around here that's local is all line of sight only. Tony, um, I saw you, you having a good chuckle there. What have you been up to? I'm just watching uh, Jack pick his nose. Yeah. on Sorry, itchy nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just jesting. So, Jack, other than uh, having a very itchy nose, what have you been up to? Uh, not much. I've been, I've been back at the old battery harvesting mm. again. Maybe sooner or later we can. You must must be up to about twenty four s by now. He's going to playgrounds and finding kids' smoky stuff, isn't you, Jack? 
Picking up. No, there. not really a fan of kids' playgrounds, unlike you, Tony. <laughs> Do they have like vapes next to the chewits and lollipops and stuff now? Then is that how it goes? You get like a strawberry vape when you're five years old. I think so. With a bit Somewhere of licorice right, rope. Right. That's where you're getting them from, though, isn't it? Or you're no, just taking them out of the I mean, that you yeah. may, they may not be that young, but it is definitely a craze of blowing out fruity flavored air mm. for teenagers. This is out of an Apple remote. Okay, so you're sourcing so, out different stuff. Yeah, different things, really. Just you know, different technology. How many cells? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, the goal is to do the old 4S at least. I you think a bag is full by now. Big. Here and there, you know, I've, I've just been just trying to find ones that are, mm. you know, exactly the same size. Oh, right. So you've got a matching set. Yeah. Basically. Can you now identify vapes by, by sight from some distance away, you know, the specific no, model? No, I, I, I don't care that much. I just kind of, but for instance, well, like I've found slightly vapes. cooler ones and... Sometimes they're skinnier. Are you going to make oh. these fly? Are you turning them uh, into an actual flying cans? battery? Yeah, they're like round, wound up. So um, they're yeah. not lipo cells then, they're lithion, are they? No, they're, they're lipo. Oh, they are patch they're cells, just they're just shape. round. They're not, okay. they're not, yeah, they're not like a flat pouch. They're, you know, wound. It's, from my understanding, I don't know. Like, watch Big Clive if you're that interested. But, do you reckon they'll take a charge? Yeah. But whether the discharge will be acceptable, I don't yeah. know. It will probably end up being doing it and then finding something that either Chris G or Frank maybe put mm. it in a plane and kind of just see what we can get out of it because i just don't think it's going to work for a quad mm. speaking of trying making batteries yeah. did anyone see chris rosser's video i know caroline did chris rosser making a lipo pack and uh he he basically seemed to do everything that caroline said you shouldn't do when you make a lithium pack <laughs> um he'd like used loads of solder and soldered copper braid on top of the cells which you're not supposed to get them that hot and he used a really small tip and he was just like they're getting hotter they're getting hotter i think i'm almost melting the solder and he's like heating up this whole whole cell while he's doing it and then uh he wrapped it in like parcel tape like brown parcel tape i thought it was a joke to start with but i think he was just making it as a bench pack to be honest um it was a. Uh, that sounds worrying. It was, was he a using solder wick braid as well? Yeah, like, yeah, pretty like much. Strips. It was that type of thing. It was it was copper, but with like an antioxidant coating, so it's like a nickel coated copper braid or something or something like that. How strange! It, it's like, a bit why weird. You, why the hell would you go that route with it? He's got so many people in this community he must have like a wealth of knowledge. So he clearly considered what he was doing and he just made some very odd choices. I and know like, he like... wound it in brown tape, brown tape of all things. Like, Are you, you sure know, it wasn't Capton tape? No, mate, my... it wasn't, it, no, it wasn't orange. Capton it was Lee. like, it was brown parcel tape. Yeah, uh, it looks yellow to me, Capton tape. 
Yeah, that's what you yeah, to me. Well, he, he did put <clears throat> Capton over the ends of the cans, right? So that you didn't yeah, get short from the really positive neat. to ground. Yeah. But, yeah I mean, he, all Capton is is heat resistant, isn't that right, yeah, Frank? Yeah. I think. I'm not 100% sure. And insulating what. ofs. Is it, is it? Yeah, I suppose. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's not anti-static, I don't think. I'm not yeah. too sure. Never. What are the attributes of... Forgive my naive... I've never bothered to... I just kind of looked at it as, you know, like, that's what you put on batteries and stuff. But if there, anyone there's a whole injury, uh, injury. There's a whole industry built around this because obviously so many of those cells go into, like, multi-cell packs that there's this whole industry of little spacers and fish paper insulators, like Caroline says, and all this stuff. And he just kind of uh, just jerry-rigged it, basically. And th th this dude here, um, Stephen's saying he uses a big 100-watt weller. So, yeah, like, heat it up nice and quick with a big fat tip and then put 12-gauge wire. And, and that, that would be kind of better. But he had, like a, he, had a, he had a tiny little tip on this iron. And I think it was like a TS80 with a with a wee little tip. So, uh, he, yeah, he, he got it to outperform the AU line stuff. So it was better than the packs he was buying that were made by professionals, but still may have harmed the longevity. Sorry, what was him? Uh, high temperature up to two sixty C or five hundred Fahrenheit. I almost said what David says. Um, it's chemical resistant, re resists solvents, oils, and acids. Dielectric strength, excellent electrical insulator. So you're right there, Stephen. And flexible and UL recognized, meets flammability standards. So it doesn't burn. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. So I, I never, I never bothered to, never bothered to like look it up. I just kind of, you know, I, I just kind of looked at it as I open batteries, it goes there on the battery, and that's my only. Yeah. And other than my influence from Sheldon, where Sheldon would literally use it for everything, I'm <laughs> sure he attached something to his desk chair. Yeah, well, like you've got to use it, right? Yeah. Like, we should be too unkind. Na NASA loves the stuff. Guy. Yeah, he's a smart guy, and he he did produce a pack that outperformed the ones he bought. He used uh, some Molly Cell twenty one seven hundreds that are clearly a, a much higher quality cell than the ones which you buy in ready made packs. So it it did really well. Like it was four and a half amp hours. Tone, you, uh, you know the you, you know that plane that we mocked you for by the way you like twisted the wires together and tried to run yes come on bring that up have you yes. still got that what was it I think I, well, I haven't uh, yeah I think it's under my stairs somewhere hmm. yeah I have maybe got we could can we use that, that that might work yeah that might work for the batteries because Quite small, light. Yeah, I reckon that would work actually. Yeah, we can use that if you want. I haven't flown it for three years or something. I imagine a plane would be easier because you can actually let off the gas without crashing if the pack starts to give out. Can't you? <laughs>
Yeah. I use a big 100-watt weller to solder director cells and use yeah. 12 AWG. Is it American wire gauge? Yep. AWG. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, surprisingly non-standard standard. Yeah. And we got anything with a gauge in it. Ultimately, uh, it comes down to strand count, doesn't it? And you've got a set size strand of copper wire, yeah. and then it's just strand count above that. So I reckon yeah, well, the limiting factor. In, in like metric, it's it's millimeter squared, right? Yeah, yeah. Surface uh, AWG, it's wiring. it's you've got your how I think there's like a like an AWG one would be like a massive cable, and then you like split it down by, and it's like a fraction of that big cable so like the 36 is a tiny little bit of it the 18 is double that i think that's that's the way it works right don't, don't me make me go to google but, first but, uh, yeah. <laughs> what frank said sounds right <laughs> yeah but you could say anything you just go yeah okay yeah just confidence <laughs> confidence yeah. into yeah. gesticulation that's uh, how it works here yeah. i've learned from chat gbt just say any nonsense confidently it'll work yeah. It was devised in 1857. Diameters oh, of solid, round, non-ferrous, <laughs> electrically conducted wire. Was there Americans <laughs> in America in 1857? The dimensions of the wires are given in ASTM standard B258. <laughs> what does ASTM stand for? Well, it's got to be AS something, I assume. No, I don't know. It is a, a standard ASTM. American Society for Testing and Materials. Oh, there we go. Thinking, I've definitely come across it elsewhere for other things. I like finishes and like uh, uh, metals and things, they come in like ASTM. It's a logarithmically oh. decreasing size, apparently. Mm, By definition, number 36 is 0. 0.005 inches in diameter. And number zero is 0.46 inches in diameter, and they logarithmically decrease. There you are. Mm. My darling friend Dave, <laughs> David Powell, sent me the Red Bull, like Red Bull. Mm. The, the F1 video with the Dutch drone gods. Yes, yeah. with the penis shaped. Quad that I think oh, yeah. heavily, one. heavily wanging to fly into my ass. And, and the, the impressive thing about that entire video was a, a bunch of guys who drive around in surprisingly phallic shaped sports cars were greeted with a, a phallic shaped drone and all just went, mm, Yeah, that looks about right, mate. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Sony, tell me. But they were wildly impressed. You... you know, normally there's a degree of skepticism, but these guys were, were genuinely, honestly impressed by the engineering. I think that was uh, quite heartening to see. Yeah, I if if someone had asked me, oh, could, like, is it possible with current technology to build a drone that would keep up with an F1 car all the way around for Silverstone? I'd have been like, I don't think that's reasonable. Like, I'm surprised um, the batteries no. didn't catch on fire. Speaking yeah, I've seen, I've seen the, uh, someone build one exactly like this. Uh, I think they, I think it's on YouTube with a million and a half people watched it. I think it was titled The Fastest Drone in the World or something, and the guy built one of these to get into the world records. It looks exactly the same as that. Yeah. But they were flying for, you know, a minute and a half, and a lot of these, they do 
like one pass in each direction and and the battery is puffed and dead like they're coming down and the battery is starting to smoke i mean we we had a that oh, what's it the penetrator my ghoulie bird cool, what's his name <laughs> he was just killing batteries right they were like one pass packs so what's it, 6S? What, what, what are they flying? Do no. They it's all a puff piece, it. so they didn't really tell about the KV of the motors or anything. It's just all Red Bull logos. Red no, Bull helped very... us make it faster, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Jack, if you skip through to the Red Bull one, like, I, I do like to look at yeah, so the, the prototype nice one. manufactured one, yeah. I think about 30 seconds from the end, they've got the real deal. It's got a big old fat logo stuck on the side of it. Oh, so they were flying, keeping up there with it are. in the wet. I see. Yeah. Well, they they I were keeping up with it on a dry lap with a prototype, but the actual okay. run they did with the, the, the real build happened right. to be in the so wet. They, I was going to say that one's more girthy. They did. A, they were keeping up round the corners, obviously, but they did like a straight up like half mile drag run with it, and they crossed the line before the car did. Well, they film it with the. Was there a? In, what was the? They've got a 4K camera in there. They they don't really say about the hardware. They clearly <laughs> got like a DJ, GoPro DJI or a, made it an action, there, DJI action, something like that. Even down. even I mean even the OSD is yeah, it's running analog. Like like, does anyone want to break that down? So on the left, you can see they've got a bunch of debugs, and I think that's the. Uh, the motor RPMs they've got on, on the left. Oh. And then they've got the G-Force satellite count, uh, temperature of the ESC, uh, amps, a conservative 158 amps they're pulling at this point. <laughs> That's bullshit. It's not bullshit, mate. If you're going over 200 kilometers an hour, you, you're pulling stupid amps all the time to keep that thing in the air. Yeah. He's doing 350 kilometers an hour, mate. 350 kilometers an hour yeah, in this shot. Think about... Yeah. Yeah. What's that? The Double it. Then. It's about two hundred something. <laughs> <laughs> Add on four. Take away the number you first thought of five. <laughs> Pulling around a hundred amps at thirty yeah. volts, so about three thousand watts. Yeah. Sure. So it's probably AS or above. Oh yeah, for thirty. That would be a, like a flattened 8S, I guess, under under load. Four minutes. Max in the current, air. 245 amps, he's reading there. <laughs> six. Min battery, 24, 24 volts. Volt. Yeah. What's the... I don't know what he landed at, but he pretty much killed it, I think. Yeah, it's definitely not 6S. Hmm. I think we should get Frank to design us one that detaches from the heel and we call it <laughs> oh, the, God. the strap-on. Oh, no. We can play Bayonetta again, have we? We're not going over my CV again. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think the uh, Red Bull video was really aimed at drone people i think it was aimed at everyone else right yeah which is why it's been everywhere it's been posted all over facebook all over is it's it's very popular i'd be i feel like i've been sent it by a different person every hour for the past 48 hours i i showed it to some of my friends who 
I send what I think are relatively mainstream drone videos every now and then. This was the first time they all basically went ooh and ah in synchronous. <laughs> they were wildly impressed. Yeah. Carl yeah, has is... apparently done a video as well, which sounds like it'd probably be funnier. <laughs> oh, have they actually got the quad to have a look at in detail then? I'm not sure. Caroline's uh, put something in the chat. I really wish that because I don't have the YouTube chat out. I really yes, wish Richard Warwick. I am looking at. I have been watching that C17 plane built by Rami Arsene. It's wicked. Very big. I liked it when he sat on it and drove himself down the runway. I was like, <laughs> I wonder if he could take off. <laughs> we'll send you over. Next, <laughs> yeah, Next time you're out there for the X-Class races. <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen again, is it? Well, I don't know. Well, you can't get what? I don't know. The Ukrainians have nicked them all. <laughs> I know. ABC has stopped it, haven't they? Stop yeah, making they, yeah. yeah. Well, they've stopped selling them to individual people. I can't imagine that there won't at some point be enough demand or someone brave enough to just order like a hundred of them and sell them on to other people. That's a big old order, though, isn't it? Yeah, it looks yeah, like but... with the, the, the drag race with the Tesla S, they're not even trying. Like the battery is at 4.19 volts and they're just like... <laughs> <laughs> they nice. take it off from vertically, or have they got some kind of? No, they had to take up take off vertically and then go horizontal. So it wasn't even a racing start. It wasn't like on the blocks like they do with mm. racing quads. I was going to say, I'd want to take off on the blocks if I was at that angle, looking straight up. Oh yeah, it's a challenge. So they have to punt it probably three meters into the air and then like nose forward and and really hit the gas. Mm. That'd be cool to have a go. We should build one. A rail gun. We should actually build one. Yeah, but how much is that going to cost? Are you bankrolling it, Tone? No. <laughs> exactly. Not putting his money where his mouth is. No. <laughs> That's not going to be on, that much. You can write off A1 window cleaning. You could just <laughs> oh, yeah. write it. <laughs> it's like drone. No, honey. Clear, clear, the, clear the gutter and clear the film gutter. it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. the gutter contents would then be all over the window. I'm, but. Yeah. I'm pleasure your wife. Or... <laughs> Not for very long, though. Yeah. Killer. Well, I remember, was it the Mr. Nice video where he had uh, the, one of these speed drones and they, they mocked that it went up someone's butt or something? Yeah, I have seen a video going around the internet with someone doing that. Ooh! The weird thing is they're all still custom built. I think we're going to start seeing people actually designing airframes around this sort of like uh, flying wanger type design. Colon racing. Parking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's... I don't know what you'd call it as a as a as a style. It's it's an X frame, but it's it's typically a pusher, right? So you've got the arms. The arms tend to be vertical instead of horizontal to reduce drag. There you go. It's pill shaped got... as well, like the fairing. So it's a pill pusher. Mm. A pill pusher. Yeah, that's yeah. probably an accurate description. That's what I'd call it. This like one, when they cracked open, drone, is it? The... 
they cracked open the nose and you could see they actually had some carbon fiber like inside the plastic because previous i've seen people and they just jam everything inside the plastic any old how but it it looked like they had an airframe actually inside the plastic this time have a look at um world's fastest drone see if you can find it i'm pretty sure that's what it's called it was it looked exactly the same as that and i don't know how long ago the guy done that is that the one that's in Austin Powers? <laughs> Johnson. Given the size of it, maybe it's more of a suppository. I don't know. Here we are. This guy did 360 kilometers an hour, 224 mile an hour in old money. That's the Guinness World Record. Yeah. You can go to betaflight.com in the blog. New world record for fastest drone. Ooh. How long ago was that video? It's exactly the same shape design. I mean, they're all the same shape. Anything that goes more than mm. a certain amount of speed, they all end up basically looking the same because you don't get a choice. Yeah, vaginas aren't aerodynamic. No, no. <laughs> flying, flying Volvo will be challenging. I think that's the title of this video. Right there. <laughs> gets nah, a mate. kick, doesn't it? Come on, we used to have fun and call them stuff like that. I don't oh, don't know whether iTunes will appreciate that one. <laughs> oh, I think it's brilliant. They didn't <laughs> They didn't like vaginal activity. Here we are, it's the XLR V three. Magnum. That's a connector, isn't it? XLR. Yes, it is. Uh, it uh, includes both the live signal and a negative of the live to cancel out noise over long runs. Mm-hmm. Balanced. Quite mm-hmm. <laughs> my next album. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool little rover in drone droids picture there. The yeah, so the, the XLR V3 looks a bit different they didn't have a hd camera in there to start with they just went straight for the for the speed and they did get some faster they were going up to 380 kilometers an hour like they got the guinness world record with actually a slower speed than they've done on this thing (laughs) i guess you have to do like the I think you've got to go one but, way and then come back. Yeah. You've got to do yeah. well. You've got to do a whole load of faffing around and organising yeah. people to turn up. So you may not get your absolute fastest time done on on the record day. You may, you know, mm-hmm. go out a week later and get another ten mile an hour on it, which appears to be what they've done. <laughs> Stubbsy's suggesting speedy McNob face. Uh, so there we go. We've got Stubbsy coming on the show next week, so hopefully that's not his screen name. Uh, so we've got him coming on talking about the Wing Racing League and what their plans are for this year, because I believe they've got plans to be even bigger and better than they were last year. So mm, interesting. I am looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah. Oh, quad Boomer, he knows how to fly, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Jack's just sharing the, the video from Quad Mover at the moment. Uh, and how 
he flies this line of sight, I have no idea. <laughs> I know, he's incredible, isn't he? I know, without losing yeah. orientation. I feel like you, it must just be a case of sort of giving it a suggestion and, and, and seeing if that was what you wanted it to do. That's how I fly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Please go that way. Mine's all prayers. <laughs> Our one works on a postcard system. You kind of write to it, send it, and hope, <laughs> hope that it does what you want it to. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even make it any easier on himself. It's like all white 3D printed yeah. and he's like what I need is an overcast sky yeah. the, 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 the dirty marks on my monitor show up better than this drone <laughs> oh I want one now I'm guessing he actually flies with quite low rates though right so he's kind of swooshing it back and forward it's mm. not like hair trigger turning but he's not going and like ripping out 720 degree turns in a really tight orbit. Well, actually, he does do some pretty tight orbits quite impressively. Like, he, he, he does oh, do some tight, tight but, in flying. Yeah. But not but like is... snap stuff all the time. Not no. all the time, but he, like, he flies... I'm not saying he's a bad pilot. I'm just saying that it's not <laughs> as, as mental as it... I think because he did one video where he put a camera on it, right? And you look at it, FPV, and it, it looks a lot calmer fpv than it does line of, mm. line of sight it looks terrifying but the fpv version is actually pretty kind of swooshy and calm i haven't seen that i've only seen him do line of sight stuff mm. different world different flying world. banana well the jack and frank did make a potato fly so we probably could do a banana uh, might break in half though. Potato's quite. quite You'd have solid. to use it frozen. You'd have to yeah, there you are, speaking from experience. <laughs> For a more fiber, firmer insertion. Fiber reinforced banana. That's what we need. <laughs> Get the epoxy out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, sir? Well, it's just reinforcing my banana. Obviously, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do like a like a pie creech type thing, like like you're saying a frozen banana, but like maybe like mash up some banana, use that as like an epoxy. You can get <laughs> which I'm afraid of. What is it? A banana stuffer? Oh my god! Why am I typing this? <laughs> That's gonna be on your history. It can't be any worse than it already is. I mean, yeah, I don't think that's the way a sting in Jack's yeah, history. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, present, share screen. Here we go. We got the banana stuffer. You know when the usual... <laughs> you hell? insert... So it's like it's got a pointy <laughs> end, and it's kind of... This seems a bad like, use of technology. Yeah, I can't believe this is a thing. I mean, for only £32, you can oh, get your funny. own, very own banana loca, banana stuffer. And the thing what you want to stuff into it, the banana? Mm, Anything you want. <laughs> Nutella, peanut butter, jelly, jam, 
I'd put Brussels yeah, you... in mine. <laughs> <laughs> you got the end off your banana. I... You core it with your banana corer. That's a lot of everyone has to go one to. of those. You could just have a chocolate bar in one hand and yeah. a banana in the other hand and just take Shut bites up, in Stephen. The Stop ruining the CIA directive of having fun. <laughs> um, and then, banana yeah. is, is that sucked out banana? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's now. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, please clip me. And yeah, extrude the. It's the only way some the... people eat banana. And then you you load your hopper up. I mean that that looks appetising with Nutella. Oh God! Please and explain what's like, going on. This is an audio. It's like audio. it's like one of those Play-Doh machines where you it's crank like a, it down a Play-Doh and the machine. hair comes out. Designed by a person that never even made it to the shortlist of Dragon's Den. And they've decided that they want to put Play-Doh inside of bananas for reasons that are largely unexplained. This is ridiculous. There you go. No, you are. You've done it. No one wanted it, but you've done it. Yeah. It's like a churros machine, except it's not used for the noble pursuit of filling donuts with something tasty. Hmm. Instead, they've decided to fill a banana with something. And made it a lot more difficult by the looks of it. I mean, yeah. it's one thing that thing existing and being on sale, but why does Jack know about it? <laughs> I think he's just got an he's got an extant search for anything involving banana insertion, and that just you know flipped <laughs> up basically. I've never well, seen him with a banana ever. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. You can never see the banana. <laughs> This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. So on, on Tuesday night, uh, the BMFA held a, a question time session with the, uh, some board members from the BMFA and uh, some representatives from the CAA uh, to answer questions from the membership of the BMFA. Uh, there was discussion of the uh, consultation uh, that we were talking about a while back. Uh, and they they had three thousand four hundred and seventy seven responses, and good. yeah, so that's that's quite a few people. Uh, to to put sort of that in perspective, uh, they currently have three hundred and six thousand people registered with flyer flyer IDs. So it's not it's not a huge number. It's one percent of the people that they've got registered as drone flyers or model aircraft flyers who responded to it. So that's, you know, that's, that's one thing. Uh, my question got asked, which I was very happy about. Uh, I asked about uh, whether they've got any updated statistics or information about the actual risks posed by drone to model aircraft, small unmanned aerial vehicles. Uh, Did they have original data on the risks? Well, the 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 so that was what I asked is that whether they've got anything newer than CAP sixteen twenty seven, which was their 
sort of publication about the risks associated with drones, which was in 2018, and basically said, no, we've, we've got some guesses, but no one's really looked into it. There isn't very much information to go on. It's, right. it's, and what information there is suggests it's all pretty safe. Uh, was... Which pretty much dates back to the <laughs> determination of mass being linked to shrapnel damage created by French artillery regulations <laughs> in the 1800s. <laughs> If I'm correct, that's where we get the 250 gram figure from, right? That that's the the, the dual energy as a result of some piece of artillery shrapnel which was put forward in the <laughs> 1800s in the Napoleonic Wars with France. Um, I, I think this was. I think there was mention of something a bit more recent than that done in Australia, but same principle, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so they said no. That's the that's the latest we've we've got, which I thought was interesting, given how much money is being spent on a risk that the official st statistics say isn't a problem. But there we go. Uh, yeah. So that, well, that you can was... say what you want and do as many surveys as you want, but when you're up against the Daily <laughs> Mail and, and the Mirror and the Sun, you don't stand a chance, do you? It's uh, it's all demonising and hysteria, unfortunately. Well, they don't tell the truth. <laughs> oh, they make a lot of money for their shareholders and that's the important thing uh, i found it quite interesting as well how much the caa was saying oh you know remote id is is not it's not definite but in all their other answers they were like so when remote id comes in this will be a thing uh so it's very much when remote mm. id comes in except for when someone specifically asked so is remote id a definite and they're like, oh no it's not a definite mm. uh I've seen a few things that come in. Um, people are, are working on these inserts between a GPS and the quad. So if you have a quad that has GPS already, you can mm. get a little daughter board that basically has two plugs like you would have on your GPS unit. And you plug, instead of plugging from the flight controller into GPS, you plug from the flight controller into this interim unit, and then that unit connects to the GPS. And uh, your flight controller, instead of speaking U-Blocks or NMEA, your, fl your flight controller now speaks MSP. So this little box that runs the beacon and reads the GPS values. So it sits between the flight controller and the GPS, handles all the beacon stuff, uh, and you can program it. It's got some sort of USB socket and it has Wi-Fi potentially as well. And there's a couple of people that are coming up with the same sort of thing. It, it won't be terrible, except if you're running micros and whoops, in which case there's really no space for a lot of this hardware. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, I mean, I'm assuming that's the FAA one, right? Which is almost Bluetooth-based, I think, the local well, one. FAA don't make them, but there's people no, that are no, making no, them but for... They're, they're sort of, they're standard, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, isn't, is the beaconing ADSB stuff, like, standard everywhere or, or not? Uh, well, so ADSB is a standard used by aviation all over the place, but ICAO have specifically said, I think it was ICAO, someone has specifically said ADSB must not be used for unmanned aircraft. So it definitely won't be ADSB. Uh, ADSB is also like about uh, one thousand. Because it's like nine 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 hundred megahertz, so about one gig. So it's it's that's the sort of you you end up with some fairly long antennas uh, for that. All right. So this yeah this was using some hacky Bluetooth Wi-Fi thing I think. Then in mm. that case there there are some yeah. people looking at ADSB, but 
I think that's I'm, I may be mixing up my projects because there's some stuff on the ELRS forum of people hacking around with ADSB. Um, but yeah, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. ADSB in as well would kind of make sense because like if a lot of aircraft, particularly in the US, are putting out ADSB and you want to make sure you're not going to get yeah. flown into, then that would kind of make sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was that was kind of interesting on the on the on the CAA side. Um, oh, tech news! I've got some tech news about technology that might be more. Yeah, oh, I, was, I thought we're getting to the end. We could have have an upbeat note, <laughs> please. As much as we all love the ability to be monitored and tracked and potentially beaten up and have our equipment stolen. Um, but yes, the ELRS project has figured out a way to add uh, gyros onto your receiver. And uh, RC Video Reviews, who we had on the show talking, the guy who just has his uh, hands-on camera, and he does lots of HTX and, uh, and plane stuff, he did a little demo where he got some boards with an MPU 6050 gyro, which are just cheap little one centimeter by two centimeter circuit boards with uh, the gyro and whatever power filtering it needs. And he wired them directly into pins on an ELRS PWM receiver. So you forgo like two channels and you have the, uh, I think it was on an I squared C connection. So SDA and the clock for the gyro. And then your receiver can now read the gyro values and it can do gyro stabilization in a few different modes. There's like a safe mode and a few others. I can't pretend to know about these because I don't really do planes, but it did the kind of typical stabilization. Yeah. Go, go ahead by all means. So yeah, <laughs> you could have a, a mode that switched between the stabilization modes mm -hmm. and, uh, and then you could set a pot to the gain for the stabilization. That's all I know. So the, the, the modes from what I could see were, sort of an angle mode where it, you know, self-leveling. Uh, there is a, a, an acro, but with limit, sort of a, a limit on it, so you can't accidentally go inverted if you don't want to. Um, and there was just a sort of acro-type uh, one as well. So that looks like a good combination of options. Cool. Maybe it could work for cars as well, which would be interesting. Ooh. Drift cars in the world. Yeah, definitely drifting, yeah. Andy, where's Andy RC? I've <laughs> no, not seen him in chat. Caroline Tyler points out that the quality of some of these gyros is is questionable. I think she means MPS uh, 6050 instead of 5060, but yeah. Mm. Um, out of three, two were faulty, which is... Uh, Good ratio, is it? It's dog sh I think, what you'd call that. Um, so you, you probably want to wait for people to actually sell them with them included. I'm sure it won't take that long. If you really, really want to, RC Video Reviews has got uh, a video where he shows you how to solder one up. But from Caroline's experience there, you may struggle to find one that actually works, which can be challenging if you are not sure if the software side is working. So if, if you don't know whether you've wired it up properly and you still don't know whether the unit works either, that would be a difficult troubleshooting. Do you know what kills them? the washing process in the ultrasonic cleaners for removing mm. the flux. That's what kills them. So don't do that. They don't get the little labels stuck on properly. No, that's buzzers. Oh. 
So they, they are sealed then, are they? But what kills them if they're sealed? The Being moved around, I guess. Oh, it's like a little frequency. Oh, okay. It's like a little Why tuning fork in there, isn't it? So yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's if actually you a mechanical it, or yeah. electromechanical. So. Mm. PM me on the SP racing server and Mr. Cleanflight has me. offered to make an ELRS RX. That sounds mm. good. Like a, I, yeah, I suspect he's probably made a few already, so he should know. What he's <laughs> Daddy Dominic, save us from these peasants. Yeah, I mean, you you can jump in and fill a gap in the market, Dom, before uh, you know the kind of four week lead time, and they start rushing out of China in the thousands. <laughs> so, it's always a difficult game to play. Well, you could probably float them off. Because I think he's probably got a heat heat play. You probably float them off some random boards. Float them the off from cocks. Spain across the ocean, and then they'll be uh, they'll be sent back for immigration. We'll end up with these gyros <laughs> in Rwanda. Dom has parts in stock Canal. Yeah, yeah. In Dom, we trust, my friend. And you'll get nice stickers as well. Ooh. Excellent. And tasty green gummies as well. Mm. Not that I've eaten any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else got any more news? Don't all shout at once. <laughs> going, going. Right, back to the banana stuffer. I was going to suggest that uh, we should we should do our Patreon special episode tonight, but maybe we should wait until Cole's back. Yeah, wait for Cole, because he can show us some talk about his experiences. So Cole will be back and uh, showing us his fantastic long-ranging that he's done around Taiwan. Where it does look very exciting. Scenery. Yeah, and weather, and like people... And places, and just everything is conducive to flying. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, I think I need a holiday. <laughs> Dom says he submitted a remote ID module. For oh, fabrication. Oh, nice. I wonder, I wonder how teeny tiny you can make that. Probably a lot smaller than the flight test one. Let's wait and see. <laughs> yeah, the flight test one, I think, is... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's a GPS module and a Bluetooth module just kind of plugged together, right? Who's um, you on a, on a PCB that is probably 50% larger than it needs to be? Oh, at least. But and it makes it... <laughs> means you don't lose it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were talking about the, the bot grinder piece last week and mentioning... Uh, Trying to avoid the name of the afflicted party, but yeah, I think the the internet has more or less decided that uh, well, bot grinder bot grinders views didn't really go contested, did they? Uh, I think everyone just kind of went, "Yep, yeah, it's about the size of it." <laughs> Fine. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Dom says he's not going for super tiny. He's got GPS on there with an external GPS antenna. Which is an interesting choice. That gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, get the external antenna and have the receiver on board. They're typically UFL connected. But it can 
buying the the trouble is that the GPS antennas are often pretty much the entire size of a GPS unit. So if you don't have the antenna on board, you, you kind of need you still need that giant antenna. And um, from a bunch of testing that I've seen, that you can get them down to like eight by eight millimeters or twelve by twelve millimeters, but if you actually want to receive GPS satellites, which most people would prefer with their GPS antenna, you, you need the kind of 25 mil by 25 mil inch square big boys. And, and then you get a decent number of sats without waiting there all day. Ooh. Mm. Tony, yeah, are you going to do any flying soon? You got anything lined when, up? When spring comes, I might, which is around the corner. It's tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You know, the only reason I want to go fly now is if I go somewhere nice and then fly. X class, you know? get the X class out. Yeah, and fly it where you wouldn't have to get your feet muddy. Just carry well, yourself somewhere. I could sit on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I haven't got any plans to fly. Unless I go somewhere. I'm going to go and see Bruce in the Isle of Wight. He's coming tomorrow, but I'm planning to go and see him in spring, summer. So I might do a long-range needles flight or something like that. So I've done a couple of beach flights when I've been over there. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Don't, don't forget to heavily test that because I have thoroughly... Yeah, I know. Uh, um... I think it needs everything doing on it. It needs. Are you saying you didn't fire it up in your room with your foot on it, Jack? Disappointed. <laughs> well, no, it's... maybe. Didn't fire up Tony's X class with one foot on it while leaning back for caution for safety. Oh, I've flown that one since. Okay. I think he was talking about the long range pod. Oh, yeah, right. the one that I. Oh, is it a. I hope... No, the Evo. Sorry, Dom's sent me. Uh, 3D views. This is not. Is this KaiCad? Can't be. This is way too neat for KaiCad. Jack is currently being distracted by circuit diagrams that Dom has written in the same. <laughs> no 3D views. Oh. Um, let oh, me know yeah. if you can sh- if I can share any of them. Uh, is that the one with the chip that I reflowed on there? Is it, that's your long range, isn't it? Yeah. Should work. Yeah, nothing says reliability like letting Jack reflow part of your equipment. <laughs> Fine. Well, you know, it might be. It might go long and stay long. <laughs> yeah, it's going to forever be long range now. Like, well, where it lives. <laughs> mm. I hope on the horizon. Be a testimony. Hmm. I I've cool. I've bought uh, a a pan tilt gimbal to do some FPV. FPV with at some point. Can you show yeah. us? Is it handy? The motion sick one is just in the box. I mean, it's it's just a couple of servos and some some bits, so it's it's not it's not very picturesque at the moment. But uh, where's the focus? There's focus. Oh, what was that? Yeah. Is that injection mold and everything? No three D print. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's injection molded little. I won't even bother trying to refocus on that, or I'll be here who, all night. But yeah. who's the real Frank, and what have you done with them? Well, you know me and three D printed bits. I, I I'm allergic if it's not perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm very fussy about my three D prints. So 
Uh, yeah, I uh, I will happily pay extra for a, for a nice moulded plastic. Um, yeah, I need to work out what I well what goes on either side of it because I mean I've got a lot of wings and things, but I don't feel like any of them are quite big enough for a pan tilt like head tracking type thing and. I've got like a, a split, like a Brancam split that I could use with my analog stuff. But I do feel like maybe maybe I should think about getting some digital stuff. But then I have to think about what which route I go down. And the problem is like I I don't do any FPV flying around here. So it would it's gonna be either with the, the wing racing guys or the scale FPV guys, or the scale FPV guys are all flying DJI, or the wing racing is going to be HD0. Uh, so there's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just, I'll just keep waiting until someone manages to solve the, the, the problem for everyone. I'll just carry on doing with analog, I think. Well, the HD0, at least it would A, work with your... Uh, wing racing and it's fairly fairly reasonably priced and you is could it it's the same price as walks now isn't it hd0 yeah pretty yeah. much yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a lot cheaper than 03 that's the that's the outlier but yeah. it's still like a hundred quid for a vtx and a camera right that i like kind of have a bit more faith that the walk snail stuff is still going to be available in like two years time. The the DJI stuff, I, I mean, that's just like if if it's like they're they're just going to change it every, every year. Oh, yeah. I feel like as often you know, as they get away with it. it. Exactly, uh, and the HD Zero stuff, I kind of feel like they've got the racing market, and outside of that, they haven't got much. And even within that, I feel like, I mean, they, they've had those issues with the, the firmware on the HD Zero goggles. Uh, and I just, it doesn't feel like a very, uh, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a healthy ecosystem to me to be spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds in. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just being overly uh, pessimistic about it. Let me know in the chat. <laughs> I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Well, Tony's been left you are being gold. pragmatic. Well, I'm going to buy the O4. Yeah, I think that's the key, pragmatic. If you are pragmatic and you want your kit to last five years, then digital VTXs are a bad place to be right now. They, they don't... Mm. Not, they haven't settled down. It's like... Well, you remember when you were buying analog, like back in the day, and... Stuff was out for a couple of years, and then people were like, "Oh no, now this band isn't compatible with that," and it took a while for it to bed down and for things like the configuration of analog VTXs to be standardised. Well, it's still you can't very even much going through that. Can't even agree on the uh, you know ramp or elementary well, audio. There's yeah, yeah. that people have at least hacked around that, and there's a kind of 40 channel more or less standard set of frequencies and bands you get right mm. whereas digital yep. is just whatever 
I've also seen uh, some of the latest stuff with the open IPC things, which do look, it looks like faff and drama, but Similar the results drama. look pretty nice. Right. But I would be slightly more tempted to just sort of have that as its own little mini hobby of trying to get that kind of stuff going. I'm, I'm hearing that the latency is 70 milliseconds and over. But I don't really know what that means. It means you need to be like 10 meters off the ground flying in a wing or you're flying a quad and you know the area so well you're just flying by muscle memory. Mm. I feel like I I'd have to try it. I want to see Tony get back into racing. I want to see the the old Kaja no, come only, out of retirement. The only way I'd do that is if they did classes as in... Um, Geriatric. They do a senior class. <laughs> yeah, that's what I Are you saying you, you want to teach a bunch of kids no, and then I want put yourself be, in a yeah, dubious like, position? Like you say, senior class. Oh, right. I could, you know... Yeah, Tony won't manage. pass the criminal background check. So, I nothing to do that with after Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to whistle, mate. Uh, no. Apart from Gatwick. Yeah, 70, be 70 so... milliseconds, Dom was saying, depends how fast you need to fly. I think it's it's doable. Like for a car, it, it could definitely work. And for a plane, it'll work. And for long range, it'll work. But. And again, that this is a project that is not English at its core. Like it's predominantly mm. Russian speakers, um, and and there's a prevailing cultural attitude that goes with that, which isn't friendly. Um, and it is kind <laughs> of if if you haven't read the book on embedded programming, then go away. It's kind uh, of the attitude. It's okay. The version. Fair enough. Yeah. We shall see. Uh, well, I think what we're really waiting for is, like, Foxy has jumped in with HD0, haven't they? So there's a few people making that. There's just Cadex doing Walk Snail. Uh, obviously, DJI isn't letting this one out the gate. They're keeping it for themselves. If, say, OpenHD or OpenIPC can get a foothold and start getting all the usual culprits to make their VTXs, that would change things. Um, but we're just waiting for that that point when it starts going exponential and people buy into it until I mean, that happens who can say the biggest thing for me would be if walk snail had a mode that was compatible with the vtx timing systems i would spend the money immediately i would just mm. buy it uh, but doesn't seem like that's happening did you ever try their racing mode and see what the deal was wasn't really well explained uh, I've seen a few, like, it seems to capture most of the requirements for VTX timing, but not, not the critical thing of being a constant power, I think, somehow. I don't really know. Well, all I know is it doesn't solve the problem. <laughs> there we go. And how long before Ofcom come for us? How long before Ofcom come for Jack? I think that's the... Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway thank you you've been listening to let's drone out uh you have been joined by our lovely patriots who are scrolling around the 
down by the screen. Yeah, bottom of the screen. We would be nowhere without you guys within our hearts. And uh, today's hosts were Andrew Slash Frank. Bye. Uh, Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Catch you later. Uh, my lovable wife. Bye. That was my girl. I've voice. been bright until I fly. Thank you. Good night. Bye. Bye. Telemetry lost.